welcome to another episode of the Fun Intended Podcast. I am your host, Fred, and I have here with me your other hosts, George. What's up? And Matt. 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 Hello? <laughs> that counts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh all right. So today we'll be talking about um some Magic the Gathering the old school deck building card game um and uh their latest expansion the adventures in the forgotten realms um george has uh lower decks covered what is lower decks by the way lower decks is an animated series uh took a spin-off of star trek in the vein of rick and morty oh okay <laughs> Um, and, uh, then we have some, um, what was it? Some gaming news. Um, and then we'll round it out with, a uh, cyberpunk and, um, well, in gaming news, we'll be talking about Quake, how it was just re-released. Oh yeah. Spider-Man as well. No way home. That trailer just came out. We're going to talk, maybe speculate a bit about it. All right, George. So. You wanted to talk, or you wanted to hear about uh, Magic the Gathering, right? Yeah, I mean, I know that Magic has been doing, uh, they, they've been slowly but surely entering the realms of D&D, and they've been talking about it becoming part of, you know, it going the other way back to where D&D will be part of Magic the Gathering, and I thought it was a pipe dream, but apparently it already came out, and you are playing it. So, what... I don't even know what we're talking about here. We're talking about a game or it's new an ex- cards, new cards. It's an expansion, actual physical cards, physical yeah. cards. Like, okay. So okay. the set before this was like Harry Potter in the Magic of the Gathering universe. It wasn't directly. It was called the uh, what's uh, something like Skitter Raven or something. I forget what it was called. The uh, um, I know. Let me find out. Strixhaven. Strixhaven. That's what it was. So it was basically like Harry Potter with uh, in in the Magic the Gathering universe where they have little houses and everyone's got their own little crap. They even had a little quiz you could take. Like the only reason I know about that is because because of that, some of my girlfriend's friends were able to convince her to play Magic the Gathering, which I'm just kind of like, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. And she got interested into it. And she got interested in magic all of a sudden. I'm I'm taking a step back because I I want her to enjoy herself and I don't want to like ruin it for anybody. Yeah, I I've uh, magic is one of those things that I've I've tried to get into and I still don't remember how to play. Like I'll, I'll get the basics down and then for whatever reason I don't have anybody to play with. And then so with that, I've no reason to buy more cards and stay in it. And so it, I've fallen off like three times. The last time, like me and two other guys, we split up this guy's collection, right? He was he was getting rid of it, right? His whole collection it went back 20-something years or whatever of cards, you know? And he had some super rare stuff. And uh, I was, like, going to try and get back in it. And I think that was the last time, like, because what happened is this one guy, he got a... He got kicked out 
And I don't know if I don't know if someone cleared out his locker or if he just took them all with him. But I don't know. Somebody ganked all my cards. Oh, damn. Yeah, and, lockers, dude. And and like, man, I was thinking because I've sold a lot of stuff on eBay in the last year, and I was just thinking, I'm like, dude, I can't imagine what some of those would have gone for. Um, you know, uh, yeah, letting them be auctioned off. I think the craziest thing is like, like what was it? There's a this. It's not the case right now, but it was like maybe. Shit, I've been playing this game for way too fucking long. Um, like, uh, I don't know if you. When I first started playing, it was around when Ravnica came out, and there was a stupid called card called Frogmite, which, if I remember right, it's either two colorless or four colorless, like little frog dude who would like you play him, and he'd bring an artifact back from your graveyard, I believe. It was an uncommon, and we had like dozens of them. And then a couple years back, it might have been two, it might have been like five, some new card came out that made it part of some combo. And suddenly those frog, <laughs> those frog mites were going. Yeah, they had like some synergetic thing, and, and frog mites were going for like 500 bucks. And all I could think of was like, dude, we had so many of those that we just used them for proxies. Like we would write all over them. And just like fucking fuck it, it's fucking frogmite. It's a piece of God shit too, too. Damn, yeah, okay, that beats my story. It, it's not the case anymore. I think the combo has been like it's been nixed, or or Ravnica is no longer not Ravnica. Uh, shit, Mirrodin is no longer like part of the main set or something. So yeah, yeah, I do it, remember it, that's that's one of the cool things about. Uh, it's like you you come up with these synergies and stuff and um like what were those ones mirror the mirrors this weird elemental oh thing. yeah you know and like you use like it's like strength and numbers type shit you know like there, there's a lot of combos i mean if okay so there's and, and here's the thing and i don't know if freddy's figured this out yet but there's a lot of ways you can play now it's not just like regular magic anymore you know there's at least there's at least three ways that i know of and you there's know, a, there's there's the draft where you know everyone gets from boosters, creates a deck from that. Uh, you bring in your own deck, you know, the classic way, which is what like six, six to a hundred cards. Um, and now there's commanders, which is um, uh, you know what? There's also planeswalkers. I haven't played with planeswalkers like that, but um, the the decks that uh I got with uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, their commander decks. And um, the way you play with those is it's a hundred cards. You have one commander that he has his own space on the on the on the playing field, so he gets out. Of, he uh, he's out of the library, and you can play him whenever you want, whenever you have um, the mana to pay him. Um, but in a commander deck, uh, there are no doubles. Like everything is, uh, yeah, there are no doubles. Like uh, the only thing I can. can um, uh, duplicates is lands, lands and tokens, you know. But uh, pretty cool, actually. Like the to see the synergies that come out of it is pretty amazing. Yeah, and just uh, like EDC, which I believe is another format like that, but it's more than a hundred cards, like a big huge stack of them. And I believe the same rules apply. I might be wrong, but Dale says some. There's another cool one. So uh, my buddy Bill, who's still in the Magic. Like surprisingly, after all these years, like he's still fucking play. He loves deck building games, so he's still into that. 
um he has a, a particular set of magic that's the only one that we kind of want to get like it it's it's called like pop mm-hmm. so it takes the concept of the deck building thing but it's like i mean the uh the draft but it streamlines it so like the game starts you put all these decks out and each deck's out a theme the each deck is like 30 cards right so you got like dinosaurs it's a deck full of dinosaurs you got pirates it's a deck full of pirates you got a deck that's like knights it's a bunch of knights you got like uh a deck called dogs. It's just a bunch of freaking dogs. And what you do is like you go around the table, like you pick, you pick one deck and your opponent picks another deck. And then once it gets back to you, you pick another deck, you combine those decks together and that's what you play with. So you got to like figure out like what's synergistic or like, like you can make like spooky, uh, spooky pirates and mix that together it's like i think spooky is probably black and then pirates are obviously blue and you make these weird combos and you make these like pop decks so it, it's like you get the experience of drafting without having to you know pay a hundred dollars for a booster box every time <laughs> so it's pretty fucking cool that's the only version like if, if, I, if i'm being perfectly honest that's probably the only version of magic that I'm legitimately kind of interested in because the, the threshold for entry is so low. You don't have to like sit there and like research cards. You don't have to sit there and spend money like on Amazon and build these ridiculous decks. You just you, go out and you buy them and boom, you're ready to play with your friends. You're just talking about those ones that you find in the store that are pre-made. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm talking. Well, I mean, I think pre-made decks have probably gotten a lot better since what they used to be. Because a lot of my friends are, for some reason, they're fascinated with magic. And I I don't want to say that we're OGs. But we're kind of like old fogies and we have all kind of like, dude, why are you into this shit now? <laughs> like, do you get that feeling, Freddy? Because I know you you probably still have your 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 ridiculous, like. Multicolored deck before multicolored decks was worth. <laughs> yeah, I do. It's still. uh it's still in its deck box. Uh, I, of course, I, I haven't touched it in a long time. I still have all of my cards that I um, that I've ever. Owned. Damn. The last time I uh, I bought magic cards before this uh, before uh, the Forgotten Realms was um, maybe back in I want to say 2012. I bought uh, two made decks just uh, to show Mindy how to play because I thought she'd be interested in it. And you know, yeah, she liked it. Um, but beyond that, we didn't we didn't buy any more after that. And then this came out, and I was like, "Whoa, hold on!" Like D and D with magic, this is pretty cool. This sounds pretty cool. And that's something that uh, that all all of us have really been into in this circle is D and D, or at least uh, you know, tabletop role playing, not necessarily D and D. Oh no, I'm I'm only strictly D and D. I don't do the the TTRPG thing like Chase does. Yeah. I mean, I'll try it. Don't get me wrong, but that's not like, that's not my MO. I'm, I'm a, I'm a basic bitch when it comes to, to my tabletop role playing games. I prefer DD and I think it's, I think it's more just like a, uh, a, I don't know, a brand preference. I don't know. It just, it's got such, so much history to it. It's the original. You know, it's just kind of have y'all played. Have y'all played Pathfinder? No, I've, ne- I've never played a full game of it, but I have. Mm. I mean, technically, I played D&D 3.5. Does that count? I don't know. I'm not an expert on. I don't know enough about either of them, but I, I 
when we when we played that game of like 5e freddy like i i remember just feeling kind of like limited you know there was like things that i wanted to do that i couldn't um the big one was like classes like there was so many more like little weird classes in in um in that like i like i i one of my see one of my favorite probably my favorite character was my summoner that i made and what they summon is sort of like this it's called your eidolon and you build it using evolution points right and um and yeah there's nothing like that in in 5e that i know of uh another one i remember telling you about this george like years ago but spell slinger yeah i mean like that was an interesting concept and i'm I, I i we didn't really get far in that game i forget why but um we only had like a maybe two sessions the reason um, why like summoners aren't more prevalent in like 5e it's it's just it, it kind of bogs the game down the whole thing is kind of like streamlined and if one person's got to like i got five animals so they all got to do their attacks it kind of I've played with someone who summoned creatures and stuff like that. And it's like whenever their turn would come up, I pretty much pull out a book and start reading. Like it just, it just was, it was fun. For, it was fun for them, but everyone else at the table had to sit around and wait. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that. I mean, I only ever had at most like two. Well, I mean, I it's think, also like, like at, at low levels, but, like the, the things you summon are so boring. It's like, Hey, I'm attacking with my badger and oh wait, I got a, I got a giant centipede. And it's well, like, that, dude, they do like the a thing. D4 here well, and that, there. See, that's the cool thing. Like, you make your creature from scratch, right? You spend, it's like so many points, give it like its size. So many points, give it its appendages. And I, I made a big, uh, like, serpent creature because the way I could do it, like, I can make it big enough, right? Because I'm not spending evolution points on limbs. I can make it big enough that it can bind um, enemies and then our rogue can get attack of opportunity on them. So I guess that's really kind of the, the big thing about 5e, right? That's the big draw is that they streamline everything so you're not sitting there kind of waiting uncomfortably, which is another thing. I've never gotten to the point where we played past uh, tier two, typically. And if you break it down, there's like four tiers. Tier one is like one to five. Tier two is yeah. like you know, six to ten, whatever. So the tier like tier four games or like even tier five games, which are ridiculous. I knew a guy who was really into that kind of play. And all I could think of was like, dude, that's got to be boring as fucking shit. Because every character has got so many abilities and so many like their turns just take forever. And every creature they're fighting has got like ridiculous saves and like legendary it just it just seems like it's it Bottom stops being down. like like if you want to min max just go fucking play wow or something do you go play a game that has like algorithms in the background that deal with all the yeah. minutia no so you can i totally fun. yeah no i totally i totally agree with that like i don't want to sit there like for for several like for a good 30 minutes while you take your turn and while you read down this this five page pamphlet of all the attacks and stuff you can do, and I, I know it makes you feel really cool and godlike and stuff, but it's just kind of like it gets it gets boring. And if you it, actually if you watch like 
I think if you watch more of the popular streamers who do like tabletop stuff, most of them play around that range of like they're they're either tier two or very low tier three, but they never go really beyond that because at a certain yeah. point you're just sitting there just like watching some dude like all right, so uh, yeah, guess we'll say one thing missile level like ten. An- another thing that was when we did that game right, so like Chase was DMing that and we did like a mythic. It was like a mythic thing. And I felt like the mythic part didn't really add anything because it's like you have mythic enemies. So you have to like. You have to do the only mythic attacks can work. And so like. um, Like it, it, it I don't know, it like really convoluted it. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, I don't know what tier I would ever been in compromise comparable in in pathfinder but there was some like there was some shit that was like it would get bogged down and we did have some players that were like they 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 did some weird like you know what i mean like they're they're like basically it might as well be metagaming you know what i mean yeah they researched yeah, yeah. the shit so much where you know that's another thing where it's another example where it's like you know they could they could hack the process on on like a, a some some video game you know what i mean um and but, i mean that that's how some people have fun and i'm not trying to take that away from them yeah but like here's my take on that though yeah is that it's fun figuring it out not stepping into the world as this like god you know what i mean like basically yeah it's to me that's every that's every video game and tabletop like i i don't want to know like everything i want to know the rules but but you know i guess the bigger picture you kind of want to you know you want to let things unfold and actually take chances so so this Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering thing, Fred, what what had you, what was your experience with it so far? So far, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, it's magic, the way you remember it. Uh, but now they've included uh, you know, dice rolls and um, and dungeon dungeon crawling. <laughs> Seriously? Um, Weird. Yeah. Um, it's it's all uh, as far as like the dungeon crawling so far. My experience has been. Yeah, uh, it's, it's um, you know, of course, it's not as deep as it is like with uh with D and D. Like you can, you there will be a deck in your card that you can pull out that'll be a dungeon. You can you can play that, and um, uh, every turn you go through the dungeon, um, going uh exploring different rooms, and you know some rooms can offer you treasures, some rooms can offer you well you having to fight something. Um, and That's... if you, if you make it to the, to the end of the, of the dungeon, uh, you get treasure just like you kind of would in D and D. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay. So it gives it a little layer of complexity and instead of the probability just being on what you draw, you have dice rolls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, some, a lot of cards will also, uh, include, well, the need for dice rolls, like, um, there's this one card that, uh, 
we end up playing all the time that ends up coming in, into my hand. It's pretty cool. It's um it's an artifact, and you roll a d4, and uh, uh, depending on what number you got, that's how many tokens you uh treasure tokens. They're called treasure tokens. Um, you get, and those treasure tokens offer you uh one mana. Uh, per treasure token that you use. But once you use that artifact, um, you give it to the next player. And that player has it under their control, and they can use it whenever they want. And whenever they do it, it's just like that. Like, whenever they do it, they get treasure tokens, depending on the dice roll, and then they give it back to me, and then we can just keep going back and forth. And I I kind of like that card, because uh, even though we're playing against each other, it's it's helpful. <laughs> Um, but so far it's been pretty cool. And I think I'm not sure, but getting this impression here, um, I'll link this one in, into the, uh, that it looks like they have, um, what are they called? Modules like D and D modules for magic down here. Oh, bullshit. Dude. Really? Uh, that's kind of what it looks like. Um. Huh. And and if that's the case, that might be pretty interesting. <laughs> Playing... I kind of like I kind of like the idea of having like a like being able to might not play D and D, but being able to play like a quick game, like a pickup game of D and D, without having to roll characters and shit. And so, you know, that's what I like about things like Arkham Horror. You would really love Cthulhu Must Die. Then I think you'd really appreciate that game. Huh. Another tabletop. Uh, it, it's to me, it's a better version of Arkham Horror. Like it's a, it's fun. It's really? challenging, and most games come down to the wire, but you still feel like you can win. It, there, it, it's really, it's really cool. Like it, I've been playing it. Like I think I might have shown some screenshots here and there, in one of our discords, and it is a lot of fun. But yeah, yeah, definitely recommend that. And this idea that Freddie's suggesting is, it's pretty cool. Like I, I didn't think I, th- I figured it'd just be like, hey. We're just going to, you know, sprinkle some 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 D&D in your shit and, you know, just 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 enjoy it, nerds. <laughs> but if they're adding modules, that might be pretty cool. Um, there's another card that uh, that. Uh, is in one of Mindy's decks that we bought, it's, it's a dragon deck. And I thought it was pretty cool. It it's cheap to play, but of course there's a reason for it. It, it. It's only I think like four mana to play. It's like two mountains and like two of anything else. And it's like a I'm pretty sure it's like a four four flyer. Um, but it might be even stronger than that. But in it it says um, when you when you attack with this card, the the, uh, the target player has to roll a card has to roll a dice i forgot what dice it was and um depending on if uh okay so the target player rolls the dice gets a number and then the player that's attacking with that dragon has to roll it too if um if the player that uh is with the dragon a higher number on the dice roll the dragon attacks if if uh doesn't then it doesn't it doesn't do shit <laughs> but yeah i'm really i'm really uh enjoying it so far 
like I said, I haven't played Magic in fucking forever, but this uh, piqued my interest. Right on. So, uh, that's kind of sort of all I have uh, to say on on Forgotten Realms. Um, maybe you guys could try it out too. I don't think any of us are as. I mean, I don't know how serious any one of us uh, was with Magic back in the day. Back when uh, I was first into it, like back in high school, uh, like between 2000 and 2004, I would actually go to uh, to uh, tournaments, you know, at, at comic book shops. Did you ever do that, George? I went to, I want to say I've only been to one tournament. Like, and that was a long time. That was back when, uh, what the fuck was the place called? Was it Invaders or something? It was right up the street. It was like right outside your old neighborhood, Fred. And uh, no, they I think they changed it. I think it became Invaders eventually. So it was a cool spot. Like uh, it, it was the. I think it was on the corner of Hollister and it was uh, it was fairly fucking cool. Like it was, it was a pretty big. It was one of the corner shop locations. They, you know, they had like a tournament area. They had a lot of board games. They had a lot of Magic the Gathering stuff. And we hung out there a few times. The 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 store owner um, really liked watching The Simpsons. He had like a, there was like a TV and an armchair set up. And every every day around six o'clock, he'd be like, all right, everybody shut up. I'm going to watch The Simpsons. And he'd come out from behind the counter and sit there and watch The Simpsons. And it was a cool ass fucking place. I played like a few tournaments there. Um, the only downside of it was was that it turned out it was a front. And like, okay, so I want you to picture your typical gaming store where like, you know, there's stuff from the floor to the rafters, right? They had like two back rooms that you kind of see from the front. One of them looked like a typical storage room for, you know, a gaming store. It had, you know, racks of shelves and like a bunch of merchandise that wasn't open. The other room, and I always found this curious, the other room looked like what you would imagine like a, a cocaine den would look like. Like it, it looked like something they would use in, in, in the movie train spotting. Like it was just like it was a room, no furniture, it just looked dirty. There was like one light bulb like dangling from the ceiling. And like there would always be like random people back there. And I was always curious, like, what's going on over there? Like, but like, it just it just seems so out of place. I figured like, oh, maybe they're going to build something there eventually. But like, I, I remember looking at it one day and I was like, dude, that really looks like like sketchy as fuck. It looks like someplace where people would go, you know, shoot up and just kind of like lay there. And, and, <laughs> and I guess I never put two and two together until I stopped going for a little bit. And then uh, I think at the time, like Jeff sent me a, a message like, dude. <laughs> like remember fucking invaders I was like yeah dude like you want to go like he's like no turns out it was a drug front man it's like are you fucking serious dude he's like yeah dude like the the owner was uh they're they're laundering money and like fucking dealing drugs i was like holy shit dude fucking blew my fucking mind i, I might bring it up later tonight when i talk to them i will reminisce about like the hilarity of it but yeah they had they totally had like a fucking like sketchy ass, like Tyrone Bigum's like fucking crack then in the back, in addition to all the cool gaming shit. So yeah, like uh that that was my adventures in Magic the Gathering in a crack then. Yeah, so I don't know if I'll get back into it that uh that deeply, but 
Um, you know, the, you, don't, you don't want to do cocaine off of like a like you're not going to roll up like a like a mountain and fucking snort cocaine with it. Well, I mean, it depends, right? Like if I go to a comic shop and they're having tournaments, but they have a back room where they allow people to do drugs, maybe, you know, it might make the games a little bit more interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the, so what I was going to say is, you know, the decks are out there. Um, if you don't feel like in too deep in it, like some people do, it's still a fun game. Uh, you can pick them up pretty much anywhere you can imagine. Um, but before I, before I get, uh, <laughs> before I, uh, let George take over with, uh, with lower decks, there's, uh, this other stuff in magic, uh, going on that, uh, you guys might get a kick out of. And it is, they are doing a Lord of the Rings set in 23. <laughs> You're fucking kidding me, dude. No, check it out. And, and not just that. Not just that. Uh, I guess they're expanding the universe to to include whatever they feel like. Uh, they're also planning a 40k set. What, dude? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> this is some fucking bullshit, dude. Like, I was gonna look up a meme, you know, that like, what about really old friends, Gandalf or whatever. But no, now now you're telling me it's gonna be a, a fucking 40k one. <laughs> 40k. And then, like, uh, according to that uh, article I just sent with the Lord of the Rings, uh, let's see, they're also doing, not that you guys care, but it's Fortnite Street Fighter. Oh, man, I'm going to fucking floss so hard. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, with all that said, uh, so what's this uh, lower deck you're into, George? Oh, so... um I'm I'm not gonna like sugarcoat this at all. Uh, I'm I'm not a Star Trek fan. Like I'm, it's not that I never like. It's not like I hate it. I just never had an opportunity to really watch it. And excuse me, I never. Uh, yeah, I just I just never got into it the same way like a lot of my other friends did. And I was looking for something to watch, and we were I'm a part of uh, on one of the Plex servers that I'm privy to they they had lower decks on there i was like you know what why not like i'll, I'll just watch this and, i lost uh, connection for a second can you all hear me yes we can yeah gotcha. so what lower decks is is an animated show that essentially takes place inside of a federation starship so as most star trek shows they mostly focus on the bridge crew the lower decks one focuses on the like minutia and day to day of like just basically ensigns going about doing regular like ship to sh like ship maintenance, and one of the, like essentially all the zany ridiculous like fucking main storyline a plots that happen in Star Trek they happen still, but they happen in the background while these like lower rank characters kind of go about their day and, and get caught up in zany hijinks. Um, like, for instance, I think that the second season, there's an episode or one of the, I believe the, the commander, the, the, the first officer gets hit by some weird beam that turns him into a God. And like, he's attacking the ship. Like he's a giant fucking head in space. Like they're shooting phasers at him. They're, they're fighting him. And, 
the that's just a B plot story though. In the A plot story, one of the characters uh is trying to help her friend. So help her friend by basically giving him a lobotomy because she's worried that his cybernetic implant's gonna is 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 ruining his like it's eating his memory. So she's trying to to save him by basically giving him a lobotomy. So they're running down the lower decks, they're chasing each other and stuff and like all the while while she's shooting like laser beams, like medical, like weaponry at him. You can see in the in the giant windows, like this giant head, like attacking the ship and they're not paying it any kind of mind. And for some reason, I felt that was like the most hilarious thing in the world where you have like this godlike being attacking you guys and you, you don't even care. Like they don't they don't give a shit. They don't they're not they're not getting caught up in that plot. They're like, no, oh, no, we're busy. We're doing our own thing. This is that, that's just regular a regular day on Starfleet. And you can kind of tell the shows a lot in the vein of Rick and Morty. And you, you, you've kind of been seeing, well, I know I've been seeing a lot of shows that have been taking that whole Rick and Morty formula of the high sci-fi, like comedy angle where like they, they, they focus on the absurdity of the situations and try to humanize them in one way or another. Right. So we have shows like, you know, Solar Opposites, which is kind of like they they take that absurdity of Rick and Morty and dial it up to 11 with the whole like we're foreigners and we don't understand things. And we, we the the conflict is that, you know, I don't understand normal, basic human things in my way of trying to understand it. I just like make everything worse. And that's how the plots go in Solar Opposites. And Rick and Morty does similar shit like that. And it's kind of the same thing in this in this show, uh, Lower Decks, where they. They have like, you know, the regular problems, like one of the main characters is someone who clearly should be like a captain of a starship or she's clearly like very high caliber, very accomplished, but she's uh, rebelling against authority. So she refuses to get promoted. And when she does get promoted, she makes it an effort to get demoted because she doesn't want to be part of the command staff. She doesn't want to be part of the the bridge crew because like she thinks they're all losers and they suck. And she thinks like they're really full of themselves and she's trying not to be like them, despite having all the tendencies that would make her like a fantastic Starfleet captain. Um, her other friends are also like, well, this guy, I guess the gimmick is that everyone in Starfleet's like fucking amazing. So like all the, even like the lower deck people are all like really, really like fantastic and amazing at their jobs or whatever. But the the point is, it's like, you know, they go through these like high, highbrow, zany, like little fucking sci-fi adventures and shit with, with a lot of comedy overtones where, you know, they they. I think in one episode, one of the characters gets eaten by a giant spider that turns out that the the aliens on that planet use a giant spider for milk. And the spider was just suckling on him. So it's like dissolving his clothing and like ingesting him and like suckling him out and putting him back, putting him out. It's It's all really gross and shit. But it's all the intention of like it's it, that that Rick and Morty uh, subversion of expectations. So you got that in this show. There's another show I was watching that I wanted to bring up a few episodes back, but never got the opportunity to, which is Final Space, which is another show kind of in the vein of Rick and Morty as well. Where it's an animated show about a. Uh, the long and short of it is there's a guy He's a prisoner on a spaceship. He's doing his time and he's trying to get back to the woman he loves. But in the process, they come to find out that there's an evil guy who's trying to open up a rift in space where 
a bunch of godlike beings are trapped. And if they are released, they'll decimate the entirety of the known universe. So. It's also a show with like high sci fi, like in and, and almost kind of the same vein of Rick and Morty of these absurd adventures and stuff like that. If anything, I'd say, despite it having consistently dark storylines and stuff like that, it's 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 nowhere near as nihilistic as Rick and Morty is. And it's actually surprisingly mm-hmm. a lot of of a lot of hope, like the characters are are very passionate and they believe that, like, things are going to end up well in the end. And we have to keep fighting despite the the overwhelming odds and the darkness surrounding us. Like we just have to keep trying. Well, that's good. Well, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, that's one of the things that just like Rick and Morty is just like it was. I loved it for a while, but it because it was you know it's like really clever, but it it really is like uh, soul crushingly nihilistic. And it, you know, it depends on your perspective, but to to me, it's like, uh, it's one, it's one of those things. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's clever, but I don't want to put that in my head. I want to give it mental real estate. You know, there's I mean, other things for that. Which is probably why these two shows, Lower Decks and, and Final Space, I think, uh, deserve some credit in that. They have the same, you know, clever absurdity of Rick and Morty. And they even might have some of those like really dark overtones. However, there's still that that light, that hope is ever present that. You know, we can overcome these conflicts and ultimately become better as a result of it. Or, you know, even if it is simple as like, oh, you just got to wrap up the episode and everything's going to be, you know, fun and zany at the end. But it's themes of faith and hope. Exactly. Like, I mean, th- it's something that's really severely been lacking in this last season, of Rick and Morty. And I think it's, we've been trying to figure it out. Uh, my friends and I, <laughs> we, we, we really have been like, what's the deal with this season? Like it's, it's really, really bad. Like uh, it's so bad. In fact, that there was a theory, I believe on Reddit that was circulating and gaining some traction that for some reason, this these bad episodes were intentional and that it was going to be really shitty intentionally then the final like couple episodes was going to have like some big overarching arc that was going to tie all this shit together and we're going to go back and be like oh oh it really wasn't shitty because if you look at it through this lens it's actually like brilliant but i (laughs) I zero faith in their writing ability especially as of late it's, it's sounds just, like uh sounds like cope it does sound like cope and i and i think it, i really do think it is it is a situation like you described like going to visit that dark nihilism every once in a while it's it's okay i mean it's okay to, to like what, what what's what's the set what, what's the the term it's like, okay it's, to it's okay to test your faith it's okay to test your faith it's okay to be sad sometimes but it's not yeah. okay for you to stay there kind of situation. And I mean, it comes down to it. I'm pretty sure like it, it's, it's well known. It's well documented. In fact, yeah. Justin Roiland was, I don't know if he still is. I haven't really been keeping up with like, you know, Dan Harmon and his circle of friends, but you know, uh, Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland were both very depressive individuals. 
Justin Roiland admitted openly multiple times that he was suicidal, but the only reason he never killed himself was because he was ultimately afraid of death. Oh, that's a great episode. <laughs> so, yeah, Freddie just linked the episode where they're playing with the holodeck and uh, the chick in the red shirt, I forget her name. She coded that entire thing and uh, the other chick with her was like, oh, wow, you, you wrote all this? And she's like, yep, I wrote all this. And they're just like hanging out in a weight room with a bunch of muscly dudes who are just, you know, constantly working out. Um, <laughs> so, oh, so you've seen it too, Freddie? No, I, I just I just typed in lower decks into the gift bar. <laughs> you just, and, and just I'm just getting this, this, this great material here. But with uh, like I was saying, like uh, Dan Harmon was always like super depressive. And I think like. Some of the like the mid season, I think season three, maybe season four. It could have been when he was going through his divorce and everything. And you kind of got like, I hate to say it, that he, that he might've channeled that into some sort of substance for Rick so and Morty. But this is I, actual, this is lower decks is actual star Trek IP. Yes. It's an actual IP from star Trek. Because now watch. I'm looking at these. I'm just looking at these gifs. I'm like, wait, that's an actual like Ferengi. Like that can't, unless they're ripping. And then I'm like, wait, no, they're wearing the star, uh, the um, the no, Federation, a... the Federation insignia. You know, the little com badge. So they, I, I yeah. okay, that's weird. So yeah, no. Star Trek is it's definitely. <laughs> So, Star Trek has gone places. Let's say that. <laughs> well, okay. If, if you're a big Star Trek fan, um, Lower Decks, uh, it, it could be a hit or a miss for you because I talked to Jeff about it and he like he couldn't get into it because like he's such a giant Star Trek nerd. He's like, well, actually, the the uh, trans- oh, no. <laughs> like, he's, he's all like the transporter cleans you up of all diseases. So they couldn't bring a zombie virus back onto the ship. That wouldn't have happened. I'm See, like, so you, you can't enjoy the episode because you're such a Star Trek nerd. That's basically what you're telling me. But yeah, because, because I'm not really into it. Like for me, it's just kind of like, oh, this shit's pretty cool. But but more to the point, though, like, <laughs> uh, I think I think when it comes down to Rick and Morty, and I think the long and short of it to wrap it up real quick would be that they they're suffering from a situation where they have no more restrictions. It's the George Lucas effect where they're the studio doesn't give a shit anymore as long as you just keep making episodes. And because there's no like oversight, they no longer have like the reservation to not do stupid shit consistently and just do like whatever. Is it still doing along. well? Like is the, the viewership like as good as it was? And it's just that I don't know. Uh, what I do know is that predominantly speaking, everything that I've read, everyone I talk to, they all say this season is like the worst fucking thing they've ever seen. It's, it's one of those because th- it's one of those things that I can tell that, it, like I said, there's a cleverness to it, but there's a lot of like dumb, like potty mouth shit. And that's one of the little turnoffs every now and then it just the tone would totally shift. Because you, it was this dark kind of nihilistic thing, and then they go into like, sort of like, um, not that it's splapstick, you know, because I mean it's a cartoon, but I guess hinging on the, what I said, that tonal shift, like that, like that, that one where they were doing 
uh, him and Summer were doing like roids or whatever, so they could beat the shit out of that guy. Like there was a whole little sequence, and I was like, "Is this a reference to something? Like why? You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense." I mean, why the that whole? You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like he's it, a guy it, who who can make gadgets and do all this shit, but they got all buff, and it was just like a little montage at the end of an episode, and then they go kick the shit out of this guy. I think like the absurdity worked really well before, and I think they might have been able to dial it in and. They might have gotten a little bit of pushback, like, you guys really going to do this? And now, like, they don't have that anymore. So they're just kind of, like, doing whatever the you fuck they know, think. It's funny. You want to know, uh, know another show that kind of fell off for somewhat similar, but also, like, in the same way, but for different reasons? A show that I liked, but then I just, like, anymore, was Archer. Yeah. Like, Archer was, like, because the way it started out, Archer was it was it was one thing and it it kind of pushed the bounds of that one thing right look this is what he is he's 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 an international man of mystery he's James fucking Bond right and uh you know and you have all these it's this dysfunctional intelligence agency you know and they had a cool world built up right it's like Isis versus Odin you know they they they're always you know Shit's always getting fucked up, you know. It's kind of um, almost kind of makes me think of like certain anime, you know, like they can just never get ahead or some shit. And but but eventually, like once you get into like season four or five, it's just like every character has these insane like backstory. Like Pam is just a ridiculous character that I can't. It's she's not funny because it's it's not believable at all. And I feel weird saying that because it's just a dumb cartoon. But there's a right there's a threshold where it's like, this isn't, you know what I mean? I have to believe it, even though it's a cartoon. I, it has to be within that those originally defined constraints where it was like a spy thing, and it's making fun of that, right? And that there's plenty of little like references here and there. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, does that do? You, Feel the same way. Do you know anyone who feels that way? I haven't really like heard like Archer's like a show people watch, but no one ever sits there and like, oh man, like I've heard some minor complaints about like they didn't really like the the dream the the what is it? Dreamland and all the other weird little spin-offs. And that's when a lot of people started to fall off. Um and uh, I can kind of see where you're coming from. And I think I think the big thing that when it comes down to it, like there, there's shows that have certain level of success and they jump the shark and they're trying yeah. to, to make things still work with the same formula or they're just kind of phoning it in. If there's anything well, to say in regards to the whole, like I said, Rick and Morty and like they're just being shit is that they've they've pushed that envelope. To, they pushed the, the line in the sand so fucking far that Star Trek was like, hey, why don't we do a show like that? And they made lower decks and it's it's not bad. You have Final <laughs> Space, which is like, hey, what if we made like a an adult version of Adventure Time in space that's kind of like Rick and Morty. But, you know, not super dark. And they did that. And and I think that's that's something to be said about it. Like Rick and Morty was trailblazing and stuff like that. And a lot of other shows like they could make the same stupid kind of comedy. But I think there's there's these few shows that came out after it. They use it as a launching pad to tell dare I say it better stories 
where like Rick and Morty did like it, it, it broke the mold. It started something new, but ultimately. It sucks now. And these other shows that jumped in to fill the gap that they might not be exactly what your typical Rick and Morty fans want, because, you know, I don't know what those guys want besides like to to yell pickle Rick and getting fucking fights over Szechuan sauce or whatever the fuck. And and you I mean, know meme and talk about how they're Ricks and and yeah. you're Jerry. I mean a theory a theory. What one thing commonality you could look at like some of these shows, at least between Rick and Morty and like Archer. I think the common thing is like you had that you had that formula, right? And there was a couple different points that made up the formula, and then they zeroed in on one point that people liked, and didn't worry about keeping all these other elements in the original constraints. And so you you have the things that the lowest common denominator appreciates, but some of the more endearing aspects or uh, maybe like nuanced character characteristics just didn't they didn't they weren't held up anymore. Okay, I got a question for you then. Mm-hmm. So using Archer and Rick and Morty as an example, mm-hmm. as opposed to these two other shows. Um, yeah. There is a certain sort of, I guess, like people put themselves into like this, this mold of like, oh, I'm like Archer and that like, you know, I'm a terrible person who makes sassy quips and like they, they aspire to be someone like that or they aspire to be someone like Rick that is like just, you know, oh, the world sucks and, and I know it sucks, so I'm smarter than you. And because I'm already like accepting this nihilistic viewpoint, and destroying myself with chemicals and stuff like that, that this is mm-hmm. this makes me a hero through nihilism almost, right? This this is this is me personified in, in a cartoon form and this is like what I perceive myself, my ultimate version of myself to be. And this is like why they were mildly successful at first. Like they they're that that lens that everybody wanted. Like like no one no one wanted to be Fry. Everyone wanted to be Bender, even though Bender typically is a tip like a terrible fucking person. And Fry is like an idiot who, you know, has a heart of gold. And you look at these other shows, they use the same formula, but they they kind of use that that uh that narrative that we should be pushing to be the best versions of ourselves. Like, let's see, where's I think I have a quote from Ryan Holiday that I've been like I wrote down in one of my journals. Okay, here we go. Like, it's like your potential, the absolute best you're capable of. That's the metric to measure, to measure yourself against. Your standards are winning is not enough. People can be lucky and win. People can be assholes and win. Anyone can win, but not everyone is the best possible version of themselves. And I think a lot of people would rather have like the worst toxic behaviors in themselves be put on a threshold so they don't have to become better as opposed to seeing like essentially people who are striving to be the best version of themselves, like succeed against adversity. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, now that brings up a, a, a bigger. Now you're getting into, to a, a bigger sort of problem of, of like nihilism itself. There was literally uh, on my Twitter, there was, there was some article saying like, it's like why you should embrace nihilism. And then it has the no comma, really, you should try it out. And it and it's 
And it is what it sounds. It's like, really, you're trying to doll up the concept of, of nihilism, which means nothing means anything. It's all bullshit, right? You're trying to sell that. And the thing is, is it's what a lot of people get at, right? You got to think, why, why are people like have these nihilistic tendencies? Well, because to them, it's less painful to take that small pain or what well, starts out small, but it's, there's that release is like, oh, well, I guess I'm not responsible for anything. It's just a chaotic universe. It's just, uh, predeter- uh, what's that determination? Um, um, it's the first, I don't know, preordained, it's all pre- it's all, everything is predetermined at the at the Big Bang. You're going to do what you're going to do. You're not going to change your mind. There is no free will, right? And so that's kind of like you kind of see people they chuckle, they get high, and they'll watch these shows, and they it it it's reinforcing sort of what a lot of people have accepted, you know? Because look, it's just look. Uh, and then I would couple that with another explanation or observe observation that a lot of people are, even if they're physically non-lazy, a lot of people are mentally lazy, right? And it's easier to, instead of try to like think up a real, a real solution, right? It's easier to, to kind of just reframe it, right? Why, 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 you know what I'm saying? Nobody, what you have, if you brought it to the realm of the hero's journey, there's a lot of people in our generation and our, our age that they're in that first stage. They're like, they're rejecting the call, right? That's kind of what nihilism is, right? You're rejecting that call for greatness because you're just, no, I'll just stay home. It's easier. But just stay home eat Cheetos and Mountain Dew and watch our shows or whatever, you know? So it's scarier. It's scary to, you know, leave your comfort zone. So to some, to surmise what you're saying, it's, it's easier to say something stupid and that you don't want to do it. than to put yourself out there and risk failure because you wanted something so bad. Yeah. You and know, part of that, yeah, that admission that you wanted. Some people didn't even want to admit that they want certain things, you know. And tough man, like you're preaching to the choir right now because that's that's one of the one of my biggest obstacles at work. Since you know, part of part of my job is you know motivating people, and it really is trying to break people out of that mindset of like, so you're just going to pretend like you don't want it. Yeah. Because it's because it's easier that way. It's easier for you to just succumb to just mediocrity because you don't have to try. Because trying means you yep. have to put yourself out there. And trying means you have to you have to risk failure. Yeah. So when you're when you fail, you have to own it and all the pain that goes along with it. But if you were given some sort of circumstance that, you know, forced you to fail, well then it's oh well then who cares, you know? I can, I'm justified in my, and that's the other thing, being justified in your bitterness, right? Not mm-hmm. having to deal with it. It's from an external force. What do you think, Freddie? Are we on to something? I think you're crazy, man. 
No, I think you're I think you're pretty much right. Uh that's why I guess legendary figures are so rare because almost everyone uh stays in their comfort zone. It's true. You know why they're red? But I'll tell you the real reason why they seem rare. I'm not gonna rebut what you just said. Cause people don't read history. I mean, if there's you're all really kinds of crazy down. shit, you if know, you, like, if... I mean, think about it. Like you, you could, you could name it, it. The problem is people don't know, like, you know, well, not, not anybody, but you know, like it's, it's more rare. You know, you're talking about like what you say, a legend, like Alexander the Great. I know we were talking about that, George. I mean, those are even rarer. Yeah. Like, I guess the, there are steps to get to that. Um, yeah. That, that is, that is, I mean, like, you're Alexander not going to be. And Genghis Khan were, they're like once in a generation. Okay, but do you want to be like Genghis Khan? I was trying to use like well, positive well, role models. Well, just Genghis Khan conquered most of the known world. And also. He was a, he was a good thing because he, you yeah, know, know, he stamped down the, uh, the, the carbon footprint of humanity right he stamped down the carbon footprint of humanity and he also is a the descendant of how much of the world's population <laughs> a good yeah, percentage yeah yeah the pretty decent percent i'm pretty sure like i mean we gotta you gotta think of it too like there's other things that people they take for granted and i think there was i think there was like a meme that that uh matt might have put he might have shared it or maybe i saw it and i just like immediately thought of matt because i was like yeah this is i'm seeing so much dude i'm seeing so much shit coming my twitter timeline there's there's so much crazy crap going on in the world that just like i in our other discord i have to like i'm like no i'm not gonna share like he'll hear about it it. i don't need to just share everything he'll he'll see it because it's like it's been on fire the last week i think yeah so there's like a picture. It's like a picture of the Mars surface, and there's like a dude, like the the atypical one, <laughs> like just just one of those like dudes, just saying like, "Look how fucking amazing and beautiful this is," and it's just like a bunch of red craters or whatever. And I'm like, okay, oh cool. yeah, the soy face. Yeah, then, like, then they have the other totally, one. Yeah, they're totally bored. The first one is like they're seeing like this beautiful tropical paradise, and they're just bored. And then when they show like this, just this red, you know, Martian surface, you know, they're soy facing over it. Yeah, and and I think right. that's that's a good like encapsulation. I think I think a lot of people, and I know we've talked about it on the podcast before. A lot of people forget how amazing see our world and, is. Yeah, and that's a, that's something that that like, you know, <laughs> how many people, you know, like it and like subconsciously probably tell us, well, I'll never get to Mars. So, that and then they just don't think. You know, I was born too early to be you know a Martian. First it's of too, all, too late to be Magellan, too late, too early to be a Martian citizen. It's like, wait, there's uh there's all these crazy places to go exploring. <laughs> even if somebody's even if somebody's been there before, you haven't been there. And that blows you know my mind I mean? about it, too. It's like, OK, so like if you were to be like a Martian settler, your life would be hard as fuck, bro. And there's nothing stopping you today well, from like going on a plane and going across the world to a place that, like Matt said, very few people have gone to and traveling to there and like experiencing 
the rugged beauty of like our fucking planet as it is. You, like you, you, you don't have to. You get literally. I don't care. I mean, where you're at in the U.S., you could probably take a day driving, and you could find some place that's really cool to go camping, hiking, fishing, um, and or any or just see the sights, you know, or or like. You know, and that's just natural stuff. You know, those historical markers and cities and stuff. Maybe we should but, make that um, our, our our tagline for the Fun Intended podcast. Like, here nihilism goes to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. I don't know. Have we? So have we kind of wrapped that up. Yeah, I think I think we're done. Like the the nihilism Rick and Morty is out. And they have to do something yeah. better to be better. But anyways, yeah. Freddie. Yeah, me and Freddie, we've been playing. No, nah, man, hold up. Oh, wait. Hold up. We're, we're going out of line here. What What do we want to do? Do we want to go into Cyberpunk? Do we want to talk about uh Oh, Spider-Man? let's do a couple short uh, little news. Okay, a couple little news things. And then, and then Cyberpunk should be our last one. Okay, yeah, we'll, go with well. That. Uh, the Spider-Man No What No Way Home trailer came out this past week. Yes. What do you guys think of that one? Did you guys see it? Mm-mm. I sure did. And um, what, what, what are you gonna say? Where, where's the other Spider-Man? Um, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Like, I, I think people really want that Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire crossover thing. But there's a chance the studio might like hint at it and just not deliver. I think they're probably like they they could just bring all like the Sinister Six in and then just have like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange deal with them and call it call it a movie. Would it be cool to see Tobey Maguire and uh, Andrew Garfield? Sure. But I also think like there's somebody who made a point about it. It might have been on Twitter. It might have been somewhere else where they just said, like, so let me see if we get this straight. Like you guys made one of the best animated films like of all time with. uh, (laughs) With the Spider-Man. Oh, man, I can't think of the name of it right now. The one with the Miles Morales. Uh, Crap. Now I'm blanking on it. It was the animated Spider-Man. Um, the wasn't it just the Amazing Spider-Man? Into the Spider-Verse. Into, Into the, Spider-verse. the Spider-Verse. So you guys okay. had like a big successful multiverse movie, and you guys, man, this is really good. Let's let's just do that again, but with like Tom Holland. So that that's some people's debate on it. That's their, that's their whole like you know real snide little commentary on that. But they've been trying to make like a Sinister Six movie for a long time. Like I think originally when Andrew Garfield was Spider-Man, the goal was after the amazing Spider-Man before it bombed, they were going to make a Sinister Six movie. It was going to be the next movie in that franchise. And they're going to make Venom and they're going to slowly but surely make their answer to Marvel. To the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Spider-Man universe. But ever since, you know, Marvel and Sony came with that, like that money making agreement. They're going to try to like force it to happen in. Their Marvel Universe, which I think is totally doable. The the only thing about it is, I mean, like one, most of the Spider-Man movies since Marvel, like, you know, got their hands on them. They've been 
fantastic. Like like I said, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is probably one of the best, if not the best. No, you know what? No, it is the best Spider-Man movie. I don't I don't care about Spider-Man 2 anymore. Legitimately, I think Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse is probably one of the best Spider-Man movies out there. I mean, I, we did a pod, we did a podcast forever ago, and I, I even I quoted Hideko Hojima, who said, like, this is this movie's fucking amazing. I, I'll look up his exact quote, but he he was utterly impressed. Like the guy who made Metal Gear Solid. And, oh, Hideo. Oh, Hideo Kojima. Sorry, my bad. Kojima you, was a. You make- you're mixing up Hideaki Anno with Hideo uh, Kojima. Yeah, okay. So he said this Another is like one, of one of our favorites. Yeah, we, we got like a lot of favorites on this podcast, but he said it was one of the the best animated films out there. And a lot of people also agree that Spider-Man the Spider-Verse, like it is it is phenomenal. A movie that deserves more accolades than it gets. And although Far From Home, it's probably going to be good. I'm not going to say I'm not going to watch it because I, I am. But like the hype was kind of there, but at the same time, I'm just, yo, it, it is, it is what it is, homie. And are we going to see all those Spider-Man and stuff? I hope we don't see that electro. Like, no, it, uh, through that article, it's saying that, uh, uh, the hints that we're going to see electro in there are, um, of the more, um, uh, the one that was featured in the comic, not the blue one, but, the uh what was it the gold lightning no, the one who looks like the, the one who looks like carl's jr's mascot okay sure maybe that one <laughs> yeah 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 no i i get it and i mean oh i don't know i'm still holding out hope that we see the other spider-men because um yeah you know you have uh you have toby's doc ock in there um and and there's a hint there that Green Goblin is going to be in there too, right? With uh, the grenade he tossed down. Um, and then with this Electro, well, that's Andrew Garfield, especially if it's going to be Jamie Foxx. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, I'm still holding out for it. I think that's why they waited so long to release a trailer because they're uh, trying to build that hype. I mean, they must know. That this is what um, this is what a lot of people want, and if they don't deliver, um, it's gonna. I mean, sure, it's probably still gonna be an awesome movie, but it's not gonna be as well received because of this um, fan anticipation. You know, I just hope it's not like a Phantom Menace situation where everyone has this ridiculous idea of what they're expecting. And it's such a lofty expectation. There's no way that Marvel can match it. Right. And so, you haven't seen it right, Matt. Which one? The trailer. You haven't seen it. Are you even no. interested in, the, in these Marvels anymore? No. About it. Not really. I mean, <laughs> I liked... Uh, I kind of agree. Into the Spider-Verse was pretty good. And I and I liked Homecoming too. I mean, most of the Spider-Man films have been pretty fucking solid. Like if right. there's a shit, was the one, first one. Homecoming was yeah. the first one, right? Yeah. Homecoming is the first one. The second one is uh, I forget what the fuck it's called. But I didn't. I mean, it's it's good, but it's not great. Far from home. Far from home. Yeah. Like it's it, it's still good. Like I said, but it's just it's not, it's not it, it's not Homecoming. It's definitely not into the Spider Verse. 
But enough about that, Freddy. Go ahead and get your all's video game news in, and then we'll get to that cyberpunk. Uh, we'll let's see how far are we running now. I think we're we've already passed the one hour the one hour well, mark. Well, you just mentioned Halo. Real oh. quick. Okay. Well, uh, another thing that's been uh, revealed this past week was the uh, the Halo Infinite release date. Um. A lot of uh, I guess games journalists were were. Uh, it had to be this uh during day during Gamescom, and uh, during opening uh opening night it. They didn't even talk about Halo during Xbox's conference, uh, and so it got people pissed, thinking, okay, well we're not gonna see it. What the hell going on? Could another delay be on the horizon? And then like a couple of days later. Uh, they come in uh, to announce uh, a trailer for season one of Halo Infinite, and with that, also the release date being December eighth. But unfortunately, um, it's not going to be released with co-op or Forge. But will it have? Will it be the main game though? Yeah, it'll be multiplayer and the campaign. It just won't have co-op or forge. Co-op and forge are going to be coming uh, in season two, approximately three months later. Now, what's forge? Uh, the map making, the map maker. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, you know what I was thinking, Freddie? I was thinking like fucking something like I was thinking like some sort of Destiny sub game type. Th- you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like Escalation Protocol or some crap like that. Right. No, nah, but Forge is a thing that's been in it since, I think, Halo 3. Um, oh, I know I was seeing a Black Armory that had Forges. And, of course, a lot of people didn't really care too much um, that Forge wasn't going to be included at launch, but co-op was the thing that had the community divided because a lot of people love to play that's Halo weird. and co-op. That's so um, weird. You'd think that'd be like a simple thing. You know I what I mean? That like, like they had to make that hard decision um, maybe because they were talking about it. Like if, if they wanted to release Halo Infinite with co-op and Forge at launch, um, they would have to delay it into next year. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the, the technicalities behind all that. You, you are more well-versed in that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just to me, I'll, I'll say this though: like online shit is like, I I've never coded anything like network wise properly. So that's the thing, man. With that, with that stuff, like it can fuck up. And and I know uh, there's games that have been out for a long time that still have like connection issues. You know, they're just like this. It's just it's weird having proper like net code. You know, that's why I respect. Um, the devs at Bungie for like keeping destiny going. Like it seems to be pretty smooth of however many years. And for all the crap, the complexity of that game, uh, I give them props. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> I really couldn't. Dude. I, I, that's the thing. Like it, my, oh, my mind's just a real, when I think about raids and shit, Dude, my mind I'm, starts to reel because that's like six player co-op right so like 
on Destiny, like we're talking about networking and all this, how the the complexity is behind that. This past week, uh, they've they uh, brought crossplay, so everyone can play with everyone. Yeah, homie was talking about that. They're really, I, I don't have it installed, so I'm just like, I'm like, whatever. I think I'm in a long break. If I ever come back, I'm in like a really like long break. Um, yeah, well. Because the thing is, I, I still like Crucible. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always going to be there. If you like Crucible, um, they've made uh, changes to Trials of Osiris. They're finally adding matchmaking to that. So you can solo or just with one other friend or a full fire team if you feel like it. Um, but enough of all that. Uh, so you want to talk about cyberpunk, Matt? Yeah. Yeah, don't you? <laughs> no, I hate that game. And, and it's so George buggy, just played it's it terrible. Too. It's the worst game ever. It is buggy. So glitchy, man. Not, not really. My my version runs fine. Yeah, because you're on PC. That's right, bitch. But it but it hey. looks nice. It does look it looks really nice. Serious X Master Race. It's it's like the the issues are so small though. Like I've I overall for how much I played, and when I when I got it, cause see Freddie tipped me off to like the physical copy was on sale for ten bucks, so I ordered it from Best Buy. And I was like, sweet, I don't have to wait a long time. I don't have to wait for some super sale to get it for that price. So I have a physical disc. And did you buy one too, Freddie? Right? Yeah, I went ahead and got it too. Um... It's fucking I mean, right. Come on. Yeah, it's like, like it's still going f- for sixty bucks everywhere else, and Best Buy has this deal for ten dollars. Plus, I had a fucking coupon that dropped another five dollars <laughs> from it, so I paid fucking <laughs> I five. I paid like five, six bucks with taxes for Cyberpunk with a steel case. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when I started playing this game, okay, I'm sure everybody knows what this is. Like, cause we, we were talking about this for like a year before it even came out and it was, it was so long, but when did it come out? Like months ago, right? Like six months. So it's like, um, how long has it been out? I think in March, was it? Yeah. March. Something like that. Dang. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. But I mean, so day one, um, I was kind of like, uh, I basically played it like all fucking day. Like, and then I started playing it the next day and I was kind of disgusted at myself. Like I haven't had a a bender like that in a long time. That should be a testament how fucking addicting this shit is, but it's got a really cool, it's basically, you ever play, you, you played Deus Ex, right? Yeah. George? It's like they took George. You played Deus Ex, right? No, I have not. Really? Okay. Well, like Deus, I'm saying like they took a lot from they took a lot from Deus Ex. I I feel um not as, as much feel. now, not as much as if you ever played Prey, Freddy. No. That dude, I highly recommend that. That one is if if you're a fan of so Prey was like a a, a mashup between Deus Ex and 
I'd have to say Bioshock. And that is a cool, that's a cool fucking game. Um, I love that. That a cool story. And it was in outer space. Um, that, and I, I highly recommend that to anybody like that, that, that one kind of blew me away, but back to cyberpunk, cyberpunk is just so addicted. Like the character building. I think that's why I was so addicted. Cause I was like, Oh, I need to go, you know, and it's in a GTA world basically. Right. Like you drive around, it's, it's all connected. It's fucking gigantic. It you is know, fucking phenomenal. There, there's like, and there's all these little side quests, or that like, basically, a bunch of them are like for the, either it's for the police department, right? You do, you're like a, because you're a merc, right? That's your main, that's what you are, that's what your character is, and so you can take little calls to go like wipe out a bunch of like criminals that are in an area. There could be like a scuffle that you go and clear up, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and and um. But I just had so much fun. So, like, my guy, my his highest skill is, like, hacking, right? Quick hacks and breach hacks. So you can, like, go in and, like, do There's like, a little puzzle. It took me forever to figure out, but it's, like, a little number puzzle. And it's random. So sometimes you're just, like, fucked and you can't get as good of a a solution on it. But, like, if you crack that and you, like, get the right sequence, you can cause certain vulnerabilities in the network as well as like the people. Cause like everybody is, everybody has like implants, you know, so you can hack other people. So that's like your mage type. Like I, and I kind of told myself, cause I'm stealth hacker. I'm basically like an arcane tricksters, right? So I can make a TV wig out and the person goes, Oh, what's that? And then I sneak up behind him and do a stealth attack. Right. And it took me, you know, it's so like on day three, I'm like, oh, that yeah, I'm an arcane trickster in a dystopia. Um, what kind of character are you building? Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's still a little too early for me to say. Um, I think I'd, uh, I'd probably end up going your route because... Uh, you know, I told you like uh, I I'm playing it like I was playing Deus Ex, which is like what they called it, adaptive. You know, um, stealth yeah. for the most part. But if shit goes down, you go down with it. You know, yeah. Um, but being the case, I could see myself more on those things that uh that would allow me a more stealth advantage, because uh something uh. This is slightly off topic, I guess. But like, uh, back in the early Assassin's Creed, one of the things that I would uh, I thought was fun was um, not killing anyone, just knocking them out. Oh, and, yeah. shit. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and um, uh, I think I would probably like to try that at some point with Cyberpunk. <laughs> um, I don't know. I can wake up again, man. A yeah. non-lethal playthrough. You That's can. what I was about to ask. Did, yeah, they don't ever wake up. I've never had them wake up, but then again, like I punch people so fucking hard that they it's, tend to fucking. Like, it's die. one of those. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's like there are certain where like the fixer will want you to take someone alive. You know the they want like they want um study cases for like cyber psychosis, right? So like some yeah, people the cyber psycho, their yeah. shit. 
Yeah. So for people that don't know, that's like where your your implants make you lose and go insane because you can't adapt to your body being so different now. And so, and there's also like, you know, another thing from like Deus Sex. See, I don't know if this, see, and it makes me wonder like, was there like a RPG a long time ago that Deus Ex was like inspired by this or was it the other way around? You know, Neuromancer, dude. Huh? I'm pretty sure like, like things like Neuromancer and Blade Runner. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, Neuromancer. Like, Neuromancer. Yeah, Neuromancer had all that. Sh- you, you had, yeah, you had, you had all those implants and like, you know johnny mnemonic yeah people who don't know neuromancer just think johnny mnemonic because it's the same world because if you recall virtually virtually (laughs) right pun intended (laughs) i mean if you really think about it like there is so much neuromancer in it right so you have yeah the ability so long it's been so long into things right you have the net running you mean you have the net running yeah you have the little uh like transferring your consciousness to like an AI little box, just like in Neuromancer, you have your fucking cyber ninjas, just like fucking Neuromancer, like augmentations, the ability to disrupt people with like holograms, which would be kind of like your, your hacking as it were. Like it is, it, there's so yeah. much Neuromancer in there. Um, the game is like, if it, I'm pretty sure you guys run it with pretty high settings and everything, but like the one thing that struck me, with cyberpunk that like i kind of i kind of stopped playing it because i started hitting a point where like my build just wasn't really working and then like i'd be doing stuff and i'd have to restart it due to a glitch and stuff like that so it was kind of taking me out of it but when i was Mm -hmm. like into it into it like my god like like i mentioned it before i had that the most like i I don't know where where i began and the game started like i I was i was i got into it really hardcore Every little, every little like room you enter into has so many like signs of life. Like everything's look like the city's alive. Yeah, and and it's like there's thing. One thing I noticed is like there are parts that just don't. You know, in some games, like assets get reused, and at least I notice when an asset gets reused. And I'm sure if I was looking real hard, I could see it in this game. But there's whole like portions of the game where you know thinking about like that hotel like like that the hotel had a totally different aesthetic than anywhere else you know uh it, it's I, like still that intro right that's still in the intro yeah and just so people know how big the game is like uh, it took me all day to just get through the intro so how you were talking about george how uh deep you got into it and how um how alive it feels like uh the First hour or two that I was playing it, um, when I stepped away from it, uh, I felt kind of like I was still in it. <laughs> it was weird. weird. It's, it's weird, right? So the the big scene that got me, and I, I I like, I don't know if you guys got in there yet, but you go to Cloud Nine. It is a like a a virtual. Yes, it, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I got lost in that scene. Like I, I legitimately like I felt it. And I mean, it helps that my monitor is so big and it wraps around me a little bit. But yeah. like, I I really got lost in that scene, and I I, I I thought like I don't know when freaking uh, what's the name of the character where V where, I don't know where, where it, V and V began <laughs> exactly. Like it was one of those moments. Like this is the most weird moment I've ever had playing a video game where I, I legitimately don't know who's who right now. 
Yeah, I, it took. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. It. Um. It I felt took like me by talking surprise. To you, right? Like, I felt um, like she started talking to me, and not the. Yeah. And I couldn't tell uh, the difference. Yeah, well, I was, I was like, wondering. So I'm like, I'm like, uh, uh, like the choices you make or something, you know. And they don't really explain like how does that character know that about you, right? It was. Yeah. It was. Um. Oh wait. No, see, I can't. I don't want to give it away. But think about before you actually go in there at the yeah, reception. At the think reception. about what happens right there. And then, like, that's that's how they know you, if that makes sense. Right. So, and that's actually another thing from Neuromancer, where one of the characters in Neuromancer is, like, she got all her augmentations through basically selling her body as a hooker. And how it works for her is like, she turns her mind off and just like another persona that takes uh, over. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so like, she, as far as she's concerned, like it's not her body at that moment. Like she's not a part of it. They can do whatever the fuck they want to her. Cause she doesn't know what's going to happen. She's oblivious to it. It's a job. It's a job that she basically just kind of like closed her eyes, blinks and she's back to normal. And you really do see it in cyberpunk. It, it is very much so like, this is fucking neuromancer. Like if they ever made like a movie of it, this would be it. And like, there's certain parts of Neuromancer where I get like a definite like, you, you get like those Blade Runner vibes, you get those those mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop vibes when you're reading it. I hackers, got, hackers. I got real big Cowboy Bebop vibes, and they were in space and and doing shit. I was like, dude, this is fucking Cowboy Bebop. And yeah. like, you get that in Cyberpunk, and it's it is such an immersive experience and. Like, I understand why Chase was so excited about this game and then playing it. You're just kind of like, dude, what the fuck is this? Like, if it wasn't for the glitching and like the random errors, like you probably forget. And like Matt experience, like he just he got absorbed. You know, like I think for uh, I I mean, I don't know if I can really speak for Matt here, but like I, I feel like, you know, we we played games like Skyrim. And Skyrim was buggy as fuck, but we still fucking enjoy it. Like, a bug here and there, every now and then, yeah, it takes you out of the game a little bit, but a lot of times it can be pretty fucking hilarious. Um, it can be, yeah. Like, like I don't know if you had the T-pose while you are driving. The what? Oh, no, no, I, did, I, did, I didn't get that, but I got, okay, I got uh, two bugs that I can remember. Okay, one, like, when I was first walking out uh, into, the, into, the, into the city where you meet... Um, Dude at the ramen shop or whatever. What's his name? Uh, Jackie. Yeah, Jackie. Jackie. And like uh, when I was walking out, uh, there, Jackie, man. There was this uh, there was this lady that was just standing in midair. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, I I seen stuff like that. Weird and, rendering and, issues. And then uh, when you first get in the car, uh, with Jackie, uh, we drove to the location. And then when I got out, Jackie gets out and he just walks right across it through the car. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> so one of yeah. the the most prevailing glitches for me was whenever I would do like a either a heart attack or I'd crit with like a with the punch, the animation would be fucked up. So instead of getting like a hit, it would be the animation for when he pries a door open. So like rise I'm about to KO a dude, my hands go to their face and just like prized her head open and it makes the bone crunching sound and they just collapse. Oh, wow. So like I'd be beating the shit out of someone that I don't know where my hands come up and you just hear 
as like I rip the door open and they just fall to the ground. Oh, and I'm wow. just like, I thought it was like, oh, I guess this is normal because it kept happening until like I was playing and I was uh, streaming it. And my friends was like, whoa, what the fuck is that? I'm like, what the fuck is what? Like, you're not supposed to be like you. It's the animation for when you pry doors open. I was like, oh, I thought he was just like, you know, like beating the shit out of him so bad he just snapped your neck or something. So were you doing like gorilla arms? I do have gorilla arms now, but before this was happened before, like for some reason, the animations got screwed up. So instead of like a big hit KO punch, it would basically be just gorilla hands would come up and they'd rip their their head open. Well, it wouldn't rip their head open. It just do the animation and they would collapse. But that was like my most prevailing glitch and the T pose thing for sure. Um, what the fuck else happened? I think those are the big ones for me. Well, I haven't played it all that much, so I cannot report any more glitches than that. But I am enjoying it, that's for sure. It's it's kind of a shame. I mean, it's a big shame, really, that uh, it, it released uh, how or in the state that it did. Uh, and I think a big problem with that was just how they were trying to put it on so many fucking platforms. And so they had to build it for those platforms, too. Like, uh, like the original Xbox. That game shouldn't be on the original Xbox. As much as maybe people hate to would hate to hear it, it really shouldn't be. It, yeah, no, it can't. Like, you can't run it. Like, it's... If, yeah, no, it... it I don't know why they did that, man. I think that was a publisher fuck up because, I mean, like, they know their product. They know when they're not going to run right. I think when it came you down know, to it, because the game has been in production for so long, their original contract stipulated that they had to make these games for the entire, like, they, they probably right. told them, yeah. like, hey, what, what's when they started, we had Xbox One. So, like, we need this for Xbox One. Yeah, you're yeah, probably and something like to, that where it's just it's just a like holdover a, from the original agreement and so it's like oh shit. Like we need but, it for this console and they're telling them like dude, we can't we it doesn't run on this. Like for us to run on it, we have to like we'd have to cut out like a half the game. You have we have an agreement with you. Fucking release it. There's that and also how Microsoft at first uh before the Series X was uh, released, they were telling people that like you don't have to worry about getting this this platform. Every game that's going to come out with for for the Series X is coming to Xbox also. So now they also have the added pressure from Microsoft, from Xbox, to to make sure that even that game runs there. But I think this game um, showed them that it's not always going to be possible. So um, now they're you know laying off a little bit. And uh, letting games come out exclusively for next gen, which is what has been What's, traditional, you know? Yeah. It's what you'd expect. I mean, with the new, like, you want those improvements in the game. Like, you got to expect to, you know, have the hardware. Yeah. So I think if they weren't forced to focus on Sony platforms in particular the Lashin ones it would have come out at a, in a much better state but yeah guys mm -hmm. well you're gonna say something yeah I honestly I can't say other way I mean it makes sense but who knows I I, I think it was oh yeah like what I was gonna say is like I kind of feel like that was again when he was saying like they were stuck by the contract to make those other ones and I think it was 
I think also with that being stuck, they're also stuck with the with a certain date. Like there's like there's probably several dates in the contract. Like this is the earliest, this is the final. And it came to that point where it was like, no, we have to do it. You know, we wanted to do it earlier, but we just couldn't, you know. So Yeah. But I don't give a shit. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I think it's pretty awesome too. I think it's just a shame that it came out the way that it did. Otherwise it would have been it would have been a a success. Um and you know, it still could be. It could pull uh No Man's Sky where it sucks at the beginning, but then a year or two later it's the ultimate shit. Um well it's been about it's been over an hour and a half now, guys. Um, we should probably wrap it up. Anybody have an idea for a final question? Not that I can think of. No, no, I think we got pretty deep on some of that stuff. I think we answered our own questions. Let me let me pose one then. It might be pretty silly. I don't know. Um, earlier on, when I was talking about uh, when we were talking about magic and cross. Uh, what could be, what do you think would be like the most ridiculous Magic the Gathering crossover? Um, Magic the Gathering and One Piece. <laughs> oh, we're going, we're going to anime territory. Um, I'll go with Pee Wee Herman. Ridiculous? It's got to be ridiculous, huh? Magic the Gathering and Futurama. I don't like that's a hard question. I trying to think what because part of me thinks of uh, um first thing that come mind. You know what? Uh how about how about something a little more reasonable? How about vampire the masquerade? You know what's funny? Okay. I was thinking about like, you know, Tim Burton and Magic the Gathering. <laughs> and I think all the vampire the masquerade is like right in that wheelhouse. With Tim Burton? Kind of a little. I mean, it's spooky, right? It's like, yeah, we're spooky. Yay. Okay. Yeah. okay, on that note. Well, I was thinking it will, it's, I mean, it's an RPG. So it kind of makes sense. But it is, you know, so I, so it's not the craziest idea. It's just the idea I have that makes sense in my head. Um, I know the one that would get Freddy like super crazy about it would be Magic the Gathering and Halo. I, I see. I almost said that one, but I didn't. Because the Halo rings could basically be like they could draw that like on Wrath of God, <laughs> like the Halo array. Yeah, and that just wipes the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go, Freddy. We could do that. All right. Well, then I guess that was the final question. Yeah. You. Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh thank you for uh listening to us once again on the Fun Intended podcast. Uh if you enjoyed this episode, if you've been enjoying our episodes, um make sure to leave a review, like. It'll help us out on the uh on all podcast platforms. Um 
and tell your friends about it if you think uh, we are worthy of their time as well, which, you know, we are. Um, so you should tell them. Um, and uh, also, aside from that, uh, we have we have a Discord, which you can find uh, a link to uh, on our uh, Facebook page, on Twitter. Just uh, do a uh, Google search or a social media search on those platforms uh, for Fun Intended Podcasts. On Twitter, we're at FiPod, I think. Um, but I think we'll still pop up as a Fun Intended Podcast. Just uh, look for the logo. And aside from that, uh, we we play games on Twitch almost every Saturday. I say almost because sometimes we don't because something comes up or whatever. But uh, we'll try and be there as often as we possibly can. So look for Fun Intended Gaming on Twitch and see what we're playing. Aside from all that, um, I think that has been another episode. Right, gentlemen? Did I miss anything? Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, then thank you once again for listening to us and uh, like and share. Bye bye. Later. See ya.